The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour. It's your July bonus cast, which all you people donated for. You get the drunk history every month, and you get your, your one full bonus cast where we are going to preview stuff. We don't know what we're going to do during the regular season. We have something planned, maybe. But anyway, this is your bonus cast for July. And this week, this month, we're doing we're previewing the offense, Andrew. We're going to do best case. We're, we're going to take turns doing best case, worst case, and then what we think is going to happen. Uh, the offense is way more fun than the defense. The defense was fun when we did it because they had Fairley and all this. The offense, unfortunately, has had some injuries. Uh, so just quickly, how are you feeling overall about the offense before we get into positions and all that stuff? Um, I'm still feeling okay. Um, yeah. yeah, obviously, I was really excited after the offseason um, yeah. because – you know, and you remember we talked about this. I felt like the offensive line had the potential to be absurdly good. And, you know, then the Unger news hit, and now the Armstead news, um, that's out the window, you know, I think. <laughs> um, but um, but they were number one in the NFL without Armstead last year. Um I said this, I, I guessed it on uh, the Saints Nation podcast, uh, I think it was two nights ago, and or it was last night maybe, but I, I yeah. said the same thing to Brian. I, I still think this offense has the potential to be better than last year. And the reason I say that is I really think the two primary weapons for Breeze being outside receivers, I mean, Cooks could play in the slot a little bit, but Cooks is pretty much an outside receiver. And so for Cooks and Michael Thomas to really be the two primary targets, the two guys that Breeze, Breeze is distributing to the most, I just don't think that's a, a good way for Breeze to operate. He likes the short, efficient throws. The offense works better that way. Um, and when your two outside receivers are getting most of the targets, it's just not high percentage. You know, you're taking more risks. Uh, you're forcing your quarterback to sit in the pocket longer you're forcing him to make more challenging throws um and i mean it'd be one thing if it was yeah. brady or roethlisberger but that's not breeze so um i i still think if the primary targets end up being michael thomas and kamara uh, or even sneed who's more of a slot guy um I, and you know you add the adrian peterson factor yeah. I, I i'm still excited uh- I'm still excited, and, and we'll we'll get into it. We'll, we'll start with the offensive line because that's kind of the, what's the injuries of question. But I think yeah. the issue with the Saints, it's in the, going into the year, it's kind of never what you think it's going to be. Even in the in the in the in the last year, even after you know Keenan Lewis got they caught him corner, you were you were like ah that's bad, but they're good, they'll be okay, you know. And mm-hmm. then it hit them, you know. I think what the issue that the offense we're focused on offensive line, offensive line. I don't think it's offensive line. I think it's another position 
But we'll start with offensive line, and I'm going to give you – we'll start out with – we'll take turns. For offensive line, I'm going to give you the best case. You can do the worst case. But I think offensive line, I think this is the best case, and I think it's pretty likely. Okay, look, they don't have Armstead, obviously. Unger may be back week one or week two. I think the offensive line, as is, all they need is Ramchek to be okay at left tackle, and they need to not have more – then one more injury. Because I think if Ramchek is okay, as long as they only have one other injury at any given point, they can plug Calamete in. They can plug him in at center. They can plug him in at guard. They can plug him in at right tackle for street. They could plug him in for left tackle if something happened to Ramchek or Ramchek wasn't playing well, you know, and they could be okay. The problem is if they have two injuries and they have to plug in Calamete, and then move Pete and shuffle it around, they could be in trouble. But I think, like, Andrew, Ramchek's okay. If he's a decent up-and-down rookie and they only have one injury the rest of the way at any given point, I think the offensive line could be at least as good as 2016, possibly better if Ramchek is, like, really good. So I'm not that worried about I'm I, I'm not that worried about offensive line in a sense of they just need health and ram check to be okay and I think they'll be fine yeah the other thing is if even if ram checks awful but everything else is good I still think Peyton is just so good at what he does he, he'll figure it out and yes there's going to be some weeks where Ramchek has a bad matchup and he fucks up so bad that like he'll cost the Saints the game and you know Saints always have those games you know where they score they 13 win. points they hemorrhage three turnovers and they can't get a first down and you know you're going to have those but I think even if one guy on the offensive line is horrible mm-hmm. um, they're going to have those games still where they pour 38 points just based on how quickly Breeze gets the ball out whatever so yeah. I agree with everything you said, and um, I'm with you. I, I still think uh, the offensive line is going to be okay. It's just the bummer for me is that it's you know camp isn't even started yet, and just it won't be amazing. And that's well, I really thought this could be Dallas no, Cowboys. No, they game. could be. They could have been amazing. And listen, for all the teeth gnashing and panic that we did in 2013, the Saints went 10 and three. Or I'm sorry, they went ten and four with Charles Brown at left tackle. Yeah, let's not forget that. So like, you know, and, and in 2009, they're starting left tackle Jamal Brown went out for the year. Yeah, so I mean, it, it they can figure it out. And Drew Brees, he's got the quickest release. They'll fit. They'll figure it out. The only thing is, they're. I know they can figure it out, but I still think two more injuries on the offensive line. If they have to plug in, if they have to. Plug in Calamete and one other dude, they're be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say two injuries at any position. So, so I, I, I'm not sure I can name a single position on this team where so, two injuries wouldn't so, kill them. So, give me the worst case with the offensive line that's not the injury apocalypse. I would say the worst case is that. I mean, how dark you want me to go here? I, mean, I, I think the worst the case darkest is that. Timeline. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would say the worst case is that Unger is day to day for four or five weeks, doesn't play, and he comes back week five, week six. Um, on top of that, 
Ramchek his hip I mean he's just not ready and he gets he gets IR'd you know like he it just Ramchek's hip is like he he's like a medical yeah. redshirt you know like uh he's like an IR for a year so I, I would say then you're in big trouble because you don't have hunger for a sustained period um add to that maybe the wheels falling off of Streif yeah. you know I mean I, it could get really bad so like I, I do think the foundation is a little flimsy. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. In that we're counting on Unger coming back. Mm-hmm. We're counting on a rookie with a hip issue. Yeah. And we're counting on a right tackle who is just coming off the best year of his career, which is kind of surprising. So like... Uh, with Streif, I think we're feeling pretty good right now. Like, yeah, he's solid. He's just coming off his best year. He's still playing well. Um, but, I mean, I just – we keep going back to that Stinchcomb thing, and, and I worry that – I mean, that's going to happen with Streif. It's just a matter of when. So um, th- that could be a three-headed monster that makes this offensive line pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so, I, I I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're being um... – Maybe we're being delusional or, or, you know, you want to talk yourself. But I think the offensive line, I think it can be – I think it will be okay. And, and, and I the, think the, Pete's going to get better. That's yeah. another thing. You know, like Pete, Pete is, a, is a wild card X factor here. I, I, I think he's going to continue to grow. I think he's going to get better. And you know, he has the potential to grow into being a Pro Bowl quality player. So, you, you know, know, he makes that jump um, – you know, that, that's a big difference. And, you know, the Saints, they went out and got Warf. We forget about Warford in free agency. Mm-hmm. He was their big guy first day. They, they went, they went like, as far – I guess they went as far as they could go to get Zietler. And Zietler was just like – the Browns just were like – threw even more money at him. And the Saints, like – what was it? Like 20 minutes later, they got Warford. And the thing is, if you look at the Saints in free agency and offensive line under Peyton and Loomis, they really don't miss – they got. They didn't get. You know, yeah. Evans, Evans left. They just went and got Grubs. Grubs was fine. They went and got um, the the center, Goodwin, as a yeah. backup. He slid in for Fain, 
They brought him back, and he was even when they brought him back a second time, he was you're, fine. You're forgetting uh, Olin Krutz. Yeah, but I think I feel like I feel like Olin Krutz. They didn't really spend on him. Though. They didn't really spend on him, and he was yeah. a he was a oh shit, Matt Tennant, the guy we've been grooming is terrible. What are we gonna do? Yeah, you know, I mean, even even Jamar Nesbitt, if you go back a little bit, yeah. I mean, that was a decent little pickup. So I mean, um, they don't really. Miss I, I think line. Warford will be Grubs at worst. Yeah, yeah. So that's the offensive line. So we feel good about that. Now I want to get to a position that uh, I think is the sneaky trouble spot, and that's wide receiver. But I want you to lay out the best case since I laid out the best case for offensive line. Lay out to me the best case for wide receiver as a group. I I think I could be wrong about this and. Reports and OTAs have been, and Breeze has been singing his praise. So this has been, um, it's been super positive so far. But I, I think Ted Ginn has bust free agent written all over. Him. Oh my lord! I mean, I I think he's like a Laurenitis waiting to happen, and um, I, I think I could be dead wrong about this. I think he has more bust potential than Adrian Peterson. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I just, you know, he, his game is all predicated on speed. He's not great at tracking the deep ball. He, he's older, you know, and you, you've signed him for three years. I just, I don't know. I, he, he's improved a lot over the course of his career, but I, I just could easily see like this being the year where he kind of sucks. Yeah. And because he's never been amazing to begin with. So um, I, I think Ginn has bust written all over him. Um, and so you're pretty razor thin in terms of depth, I think after Thomas and Snead. Now I like the, um, I like the idea that Snead's going to see the ball a little bit more because I think he's underrated. I think yeah. he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, so, but as far as like the, give me like the, the, the idea, like the best case of what, what can happen at wide receiver. Well, wide, wide, wide receiver is worse. I mean, I, there, there's, there's no way you, you can argue against me on this, that yeah. it, it's gotten better. It's not, it, it's worse. Um, you take away Brandon cooks and you replace him with Ted Ginn. And um, I, I'm sorry, it, it's worse. Uh, yeah. Now, you know, you hope that the offensive line bolstering, uh, Adrian Peterson and Kamara, like you, you hope that mitigates yeah. Cook's leaving, and you know Sean Payton's still going to find a way, I think, to make it work. But, um, but receiver specifically as a position group, I think, is worse. So, um, best case for me is Michael Thomas remains the same. I, I think it's a lot to ask for him to be better than 90 catches, you know, 1300 yards, nine touchdowns, ten touchdowns. I mean, if if he duplicates that. I'm thrilled. Um, I think Snead makes, makes a big jump forward. Um, And then I really think, you know, we'll talk about running backs and tight ends in a second, but I really think that's how receiver gets helped afterwards. But I I think the best case scenario, you know, there's going to be other stuff with this offense and, you know, it's not just about like receivers aren't the only people that catch the ball in this offense by, by any means. Um, So, I would say best case as far as this position group is it's that Thomas and Snead stay healthy. I think as long as those two guys stay healthy, receiver will be okay. Is, is can Michael Tom can Mike can Michael can Thomas be a monster? Can he get 
to where he's like top five receiver. You know, I was going to say, I don't know that anyone can in this offense, uh, but if anyone has, it was Jimmy Graham. Uh, you know, so if the question is, can he produce Jimmy Graham numbers? I- I'm just not sure he can be a red zone animal like Graham was um, you know, for the Saints. And I, I don't know, you know, I, I still just think Breeze is going to go uh, towards the mismatch, whoever's mm-hmm. open, you know, all that stuff. So, um I just don't think he's going to force the ball to Thomas. You know, Thomas yeah. is either the opportunity is going to be there. Now, I think Thomas is going to see more attention with Cook's gone, too. And Cook's opened up a lot of things for Thomas. Um, so can he be Julio Jones or, um, you know, uh, Calvin Johnson in this offense? No, I don't think so. Um, but I think he can continue to be what he's been so far. Yeah, I'm going to give you the worst-case scenario, and this is – Ted Ginn is just a disaster. Like he's he like he fumbles a punt. He just he can't get open. He's dropping balls. He's you know like Minnesota yeah. Minnesota game. He's, he's fleener. He's fleener. He's, he's fleener and he's dropping like 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 the Minnesota game. He can win it and he drops it and he fumbles a punt. He's a disaster. And then you know it's not like Willie Sneed or Michael Thomas go out for the year. That's obviously but they get nicked. And then you're got you're having to play like Brandon Coleman for a couple of weeks at a time, yeah. and you know then it becomes you know a, a struggle. But I just think like you look at the 2006 Saints man, Colston's caught 70, and then Horn caught 37, Devery Henderson caught 32, like Terrence Copper caught 20, like as long as Breeze is playing, they'll fucking figure it out. Like they just will. Like Sean Payton can fucking scheme people open. And I know that we, we, we knock the Saints, me and you, like, you know, in, 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 at when, when they lost Gallette, they're like, oh, they can scheme sacks. And we mocked people for it. But, like, Sean Payton really can. Like, he can scheme fucking people open as long as he's got Breeze throwing the ball. Yeah, and, you know, I, I just, I would worry. They're pretty razor thin, you know. If you talk about the Knicks and then all of a sudden you got guys like, you know, Williams Lampert and Tommy Lee Lewis and Corey Fuller, you know, those guys are out there. um, And and the Saints are counting on them to make plays, um, you know, to win games. We got problems. Yeah, I think it's, I think overall it's going to be okay. I mean, uh, we'll we'll save, uh, now we'll go to tight ends. Um, Man, I don't like, here's the thing, like something. I feel great about tight end. You do. I feel great. Do you you feel great because of the depth, or do you feel great because Fleener is going to like bust out and be the man? Definitely not the latter. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the former. It will explain explain it. Give me the optimism for tight end. Well, first of all, I could be wrong about this again, but I think you know we just talked about receiver depth shrinking, um, and we talked we're going to talk about the running back depth and and how the dynamic of this offense changes. You look at tight end depth. You've got behind Fleener, who obviously is the top guy. You've got John Phillips, Josh Hill, Michael Hooman, and Clay Harbor. All four of those guys are veteran guys that have done it in the NFL, that have proven that they're NFL quality players. That's true. They're not, they're not number one tight ends by any means. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, they're all number two quality. And I'll. If they're healthy. And I'll give you one better. They're all not going to make the Saints roster, but I guarantee you all of them will be active for an NFL game 
on an NFL roster this year. Yeah, and, and so here's the deal. I think, think last year Peyton was really excited about the fact that he had Hooman, Hill, and Fleener, and they had spent all, all this offseason money on all three. If you remember, they matched the Bears, they signed Fleener to the big deal, and and they gave who man the big not not a big extension but a reasonable three year deal. It was so like three years, five million, five. Yeah, million. but I mean, it was clear to me at that point. Like they spent a lot of money on tight end well, last year, well, and and the fo- the reason why they spent all that money was we we know Sean Payton loves that eleven personnel and the looks that he gets out of it, the mismatches. He's like, and this year they got Kamara, so like eleven personnel can be even more deadly with three tight ends. And so he's like, if I need to scheme something, especially now that Armstead's out, like it, the, I think the 11 personnel takes on even more significance. So, you know, last year, if you'll remember, it was kind of a perfect storm at tight end where Who Man was out for the year in preseason and Josh Hill had a serious injury that knocked him out for the beginning of the year and what? then played and about broke- four or five games and then he was done. Yeah, um, I forget what so, game he broke his leg in. But. Yeah, yeah, but so I think Sean Payton was like, that's not happening to us again. So either Hooman and Hill are fine and they're healthy, or if they can't go, I need my tight ends. So we're signing Clay Harbor, we're getting John Phillips back, and if something happens, you know, Hill and Hooman are my guys. Like, in yeah. theory, those are two and three, but he's like, if we can't count on them to rehab their injuries and be good to go, I need two more veteran tight ends who know what they're doing and are going to be able to come in here and give me the personnel looks I want. And and people forget in 2015 the Saints were they what were they they were one in they were one in four disaster, right? Yeah. And that's when Sean Payton really like chucked it and went to the three tight ends. He and traded he traded he traded he traded who man and they went three tight ends and you know they they ended up 7 and 9 of course but they dug themselves out of the hole and they and it worked, and that was the thing the second half of the year, man, the three tight ends. And, and I think you're 100% correct. Um, and Josh Hill explained to him, like in a film kind of nerdy way, I think fans kind of – like he is a kind of a critical piece for the Saints, like what they want to do, right? I think he is um, – you know, I'd say that light has never really fully come on with him because he doesn't run routes as well as you'd hope, and his hands are inconsistent. So I I think he's never really become fully what the Saints hoped he would be. Um, But but he really is the complete package at tight end in terms of power, strength, speed. Um, And so I think think why Sean Payton loves him so much is there's really no play call, whether his job is to block, uh, his job is to run down the seam, he can do all those things. And he, I mean, he, it, he, I hesitate to call him the Pierre Thomas of tight ends because he hasn't lived up to his potential. But his potential is that regardless of the play call, he has the skill set to make that play. And so I think that's why he's such an exciting player for Sean Payton because whether he's in there in a blocking, a block-looking yeah. front where he runs down on the seam and you're not expecting him to and he blows by a linebacker, or, you know, you're in a five wide set where, you know, he looks like he's a guy in the slot and then all of a sudden you motion the running back back and he comes in line and then you run instead of throwing the mm-hmm. football and you've got all these corners, you know, defensively because they're expecting a, a passing play. 
um, he, I think he can help you in, in both of those situations. So I, I think, I mean, Sean Payton's all about that. He's all about disguise and flexibility, and Hill's the kind of player that allows him to do that. Can Fleener be better? Is he just what he is? I think Fleener is what he is. I think the benefit of Alvin Kamara, if he can be as good as I think he can be, and God, I, I hope, I really, I'm not going to put the pressure on him to say he's Bush, he's Sproles. I don't think he's going to be either of those two players, but I think he can be pretty close. I, he'll be better than Cadet. Um, he'll be better than Spiller, obviously, but um, I, I think that will take pressure off of Fleener in well, that the best linebacker, or the best safety cover guy on a team won't automatically go to Fleener. So we're gonna. Ha- so so you're saying the potential is we're gonna have more of those. Oh my God! There's nobody within 15 yards of Fleener. Yes. Yeah. We're gonna exactly. have more of those. I like those. Those are fun. Exactly. Those are yeah. fun. Now he still might drop it. <laughs> he but. still might drop it, but he'll be he'll be running like wide open. Yeah. I love yeah. I love that. Like that's my favorite thing about the Sean Payton offense. Like like once every couple of weeks, the dude is just just wide open. And you're like, yeah. how, how did that happen? But um, so let's get to uh, – we'll get to quarterback. I mean – I think I think – well, I will say real quick, the key with with uh, Fleener is that Kamara has to be awesome early. Yeah. Like defenses need to take notice that they need to start game planning for him early in the season um, because if he kind of sucks or he gets injured or whatever, then teams are going to be like, yeah. Don't worry about that guy. Just make sure Fleener doesn't hurt us. Teams were scared shitless of teams were scared shitless of Sproles the second game he played with the Saints. Yes. After the yes. Green Bay game, teams were like, "Oh my God, this is not fair." And teams just and the thing is, teams didn't have a fucking answer for it. They just didn't because it was yeah. like, it's "Like, what do you want to do? Sproles or Graham? You pick, and then we're gonna kill you." Um, and then, and then we have Colson. Right? And then we have Colson. You know, it's like 2011, man. That the end, the, the last six weeks of 2011, the regular season was just they, they were dropping 40 every week. We'll have to do a drunk history on that. Um, so let's get to running back. Oh, before we get to running back, because I want to do that last, because I think that's the most fun quarterback with Breeze. Look, you can go if if Breeze isn't playing, the Saints are fucked. And don't yeah. and just so that's the if if he's. But here's the thing. Uh, we talked about it, the Irish guy that does his quarterback pamphlet that blocked me on the Twitters. Um, you know, the, he was a full-on arm truther that he was shot by the end of the year and this and that. So what is reasonable expectations for you for Breeze? And do you think we'll see any decline? Because obviously he's not going to play forever. But, like, what's a reasonable expectation for you for him? For sixteen, I, I think par for the course is is reasonable. I really do. I I think the same numbers that he's been putting up, you know, the last the, the ten years he's been in New Orleans, um, or the last, if you want to say the last two or three years, uh, I'm fine with that. But um, I I don't think they're significantly different, honestly. Um, you know, you there may be times where you see an errant throw or an interception on a bad pass, and you're like, oh, arm is shot, but. <laughs> Does that really matter if he's producing the same numbers statistically? Well, here's the, I guess here's my question: that like, what is if 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 I you if I could if I you couldn't see like what the Saints their final record or whatever it was going to be, but you I wanted you to try to project 
what the best season for Breeze to have connected with a Saints best record. Does that make sense? Like what's what is what in your mind is his like ideal statistical season in order for the Saints to be nine, ten, eleven wins? Yeah, that's a good question. Um I would say a completion percentage of over seventy percent. That I would say completion per- percentage to me is most critical. Because then if because that's what his game is all based on. Okay. You know, he nickel and dimes you to death. He gets the ball out quickly. He does short, efficient passing, and the minute the minute he has you drawn in and you're scared to death of the five-yard hitch, then he kills you over the top. And, yeah. and that's, that's Breeze. That, that's, that's the way do, he's developed. So I, I think completion percentage is most important for me. Do, do, do you want him to have, obviously, completion percentage, but do you want him to be sort of, obviously you want him playing every week, but do you want him to be in that 2009 yards range and and and, and attempts? Yeah, like absolutely. you want him to be like like 43, 4400 yards, which is you know in the last yeah. five years, which is like you know since 2011 for him is just like crazy low. I would like for him to age more gracefully than he did last year, um, and that's just chucking the ball around like he's Brett Favre. You know, I, I just I would I would prefer that. Um, and you look at the offseason, they, they send Cooks out, yeah. they bolster the offensive line, and they add backs. Um, to me, that that's a commitment to allowing Brees to age gracefully and not put so much pressure on his shoulders. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so I think for to, to me, the ideal Brees season would be like – 4,600 yards and about 35 touchdowns and like less than 15 picks. Like that's, that's what you want. And you want the attempts. You want the attempts down because now we'll get to the fun part. You want the saints, you want this running backs to be running the ball better and more. And you want the saints to be top 10 in attempts, rushing yards and all that. So running back, uh, let's start with, Peterson and Ingram. How do you see? How do you see the timeshare working out? And how do you see? I mean, how do you see Peterson overall for like your best case scenario? I think Peterson. It's tough because I have heard, you know, Nick Underhill be like, you know, I'm not sure Peterson was was signed to be second fiddle, you know, and and if he's awesome and if he's Adrian Peterson of old, um, then. Mark Ingram might have to take it back. <laughs> go read a piece. It's, and, it's, and I, go ahead. Well, I, I I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I think until proven otherwise, Peterson has high towers role. That's my opinion. I, yeah. I think Ingram's the man. Ingram knows the offense. Peyton is confident that regardless of the play call, uh, Ingram can go out there and do what he wants, whether it's catching the ball, running, or blocking. So – I think Ingram's the man, and I, I I think Peterson's old, and I just don't think Sean Payton, even if Peterson comes out and he's awesome, uh, wants to be in a position where he's giving him the ball 20 times a game. I just yeah. don't think that's prudent for a guy of Peterson's age with his injury history. So I think Ingram's going to carry the load, and I think Peterson is going to see Hightower-type numbers Maybe a slight uptick from that. Maybe he drops Ingram a tick, and he, you know, to kind of level it out a little bit. But 
Um, you know, I, I still think it's Ingram 15, 17 touches, Peterson 10, and Kamara 5. Yeah, I'm going to say this, and I've, I've said this all along on the, the podcast for people that listen every week and on Twitter and all. I think the best case for Peterson is also the most likely case, and this is what the Saints need. I think the Saints need about five weeks of peak, awesome, prime Adrian Peterson to start the year to help them get through that first month of the schedule. And then the age starts to take its toll just because he's old. But man, man, if they, if they could get like, they could get like the first four weeks of the year where like Adrian Peterson has like four games and he has like 300 yards in those four games, 325 and like five touchdowns. And, and, and it's a big thing around the NFL of like, the Saints have turned into ground and pound. They're leading the league in rushing. And Drew Brees has – and, you know, they, they start talking about Drew Brees as a leader now, even though his stats are down. He's in the MVP race because he's got, like, four touchdowns and one interception, and he's not throwing the ball as much. And then it sort of goes downhill, and maybe it gets to where Ingram's the lead guy and, and Peterson goes back to the high tower role that we kind of thought. But you – they – they that, that first schedule is so hard, Andrew. If they could get, like, two – prime Adrian Peterson peak games. Like it could get him to two and like two. Where he goes for one sixty. Yeah. Like when yeah. like like against the Patriots, like he goes for like a buck fifty and two and like one of them is like a sixty yard touchdown. And you're like, oh my God, this is gonna be great. I need to order my Adrian Peterson jersey right now. Like you're you're ordering it at NFL.com like before he crosses the goal line. Um <laughs> you know but I mean like I just I don't see – I mean, 32-year-old running – over 30 running backs that get 1,000 yards, like I think it's less than a dozen in the history of the NFL. So I just – I don't see it as as happening, you know. Um, but what, what's your what's your expectation of it? Like if, if I said here's $1,000, predict for me Ingram's yards and carries, Adrian Peterson's yards and carries. Well, I think the Saints are going to commit to running the football. Um, so, you know, I, I think – we're going to see more of a concerted effort, especially with Cooks. I really think Cooks was was a tough thing because he's a great player, number one. I don't think the Saints expected Thomas to be as good uh, as he was so soon. And so I think the Saints just had more mouths to feed than they expected last year. I mean, when you look at Thomas and Cooks and Sneed and Fleener, and Ingram and and you know they I think they just had too many mouths to feed and so you get Cooks out of there and all of a sudden you've got a lot more passes to go around and and you can run the football more um but you know you look at Ingram I mean he had 200 carries for a thousand yards basically mm-hmm. um you know I think I think that's kind of the 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 um the ticket I, I think that that's the goal is to try to get him to 200 carries again um, you know, and, and, um, you know, if he gets a thousand yards, I mean, that's five yards of carry. If he, if he ends up with 840 or 910, uh, I still think that's fine. Um, you know, Hightower had about 130 carries, um, and he was, I think just under, he was like five, he's like 550 yards for the year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think we'll probably see Peterson get more than that. I, I would say the goal for Peterson is probably 150. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him go for 650, 700 yards. Ooh, that'd be good. Um, so let's, let's, let, to, to sort of 
wrap this up overall. Look, the Saints last year, they ranked number one uh, in yards. Um, but, in you know, in points, they were number two behind Atlanta. They were 29.3. Um, so where do you see them? Again, as a top five offense, and do you see? Do you yeah. see? Do you see anything? What do you see? Do you see them the same? Do you see them better? What do you see them as? I don't think they'll be number one uh, because I think they're going to run the ball more. Um, I think they'll still be top five, definitely. Um, I don't know if they'll score as many points, uh, but time of possession will be an interesting one. I think you know, anytime you're running the football more. Uh, you're going to improve your time of possession. And I think that just keeps the defense off the field. Um, so I think it's going to have a positive effect on points given up per game, Where just you, by sheer function of the, of the defense. So, were, so that will help. They were 19th in, in 25.2 attempts, rushing attempts per game last year. Do you think they can get to the top 10, which is 20? I do. Basically, it's 27 and a half. So basically, it really like, do. be like two and a half more a game. Yeah, I mean, the question is, can Sean Payton help himself? Yeah. That's that's really the question. Uh, because, yeah. you know, sometimes he just he, – he knows he should run, uh, and yet he just he just can't. Well, and the defense has to help him too, Andrew, because, you know, it's easy to say yeah. – it's easy to say, well, just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But, you know, Sean Payton, if the defense is terrible and he looks up and it's like, oh, it's 14 – we're down 10 – we're down 10 nothing. Yeah, you know, and it's our yeah. third, and you know, or his offensive lines getting their ass kicked. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know, it's our it's our second possession, and we're already down ten nothing. It's the start of the second quarter. Uh, then it becomes really fucking hard to stay committed to that run. You know, so I mean, the defense has got to help him a little. Um, but I mean, I, the match the magic number for me is always efficiency with the quarterback. If Breeze is over a hundred in quarterback rating, he's playing efficiently. And the offense is fine. I want to say it's a stat that Michael Lombardi used to say all the time. I think it's 50. I think it's like it's between 50 and 55. You combine the rushes and the completed passes. And if you hit the number, you win like 70% of the time. You know? So it's like, I think it's like 30, 30 passes completed and 25 runs. And you win mm-hmm. like all the time. And I think yeah. that, you know, I think that the thing with the Saints is. They just need to run the ball. They need to run the ball better and more. And the thing is, the Saints, they, you know, it used to be in the old-time NFL when we were kids, it was like you ran the ball early to set up the pass to win the game late with the big play. The Saints do it opposite. In twenty in, 20, in, in 2009 and even in 2011, man, their thing was we pass to kick your ass and then we run – to run out the clock and, and milk the game down, you know? And that was what they, yeah. did, what they did with Mike Bell in 2011. They did it to a certain extent. Um, and they this offense, they've been top 10. They You know, when they won the Super Bowl, they were sixth in rushing. When they, in 2011, I think they were seventh. So they can run the ball. Now, granted, those offensive lines were, you know, the middle of them were dominant. So, I mean, that's a hard thing. But I, I just, I'm, I'm pretty bullish about this offense. But, but if I said to you, if I said to you, besides, besides Breeze, give me one guy that you just they cannot lose injury wise. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me who has to be awesome. I'm gonna. That was my next. That was my next question. Okay. I wanted to end on right. a high note. 
I would say the one guy they can't lose is Michael Thomas. So that's I mean, to me, to me, I mean, you you could maybe make the argument for Cam Jordan. You could maybe make the argument for Thomas Morstead. But if you were to ask me, like star power wise, do the Saints have any stars on their team talent wise? Um, to me, Michael Thomas has a claim as number two ahead and, of Cam Jordan and, potentially. And, he, and here's he's, the thing: he's that good. And here's the thing with Michael Thomas: why I don't worry about a sophomore slump. And I say this with the utmost reverence and excitement: that dude wants to be a fucking star and in a sense of he just doesn't want to he wants to be great at football but he also wants to be great at football and he wants the Odell Beckham Pepsi commercials he wants to be on Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon he wants to be a fucking star and he knows to be a star he first thing he's got to do is be the best receiver and so I don't worry about him taking a break or whatever like that dude is that dude is driven he wants all the fame all the money all the glamour and he's gonna get it by being awesome so I think I think there's like a 30 40 percent chance that he does things this year that we just we don't imagine it possible in this offense with the Saints because we're always like well they spread the ball around and this is how they operate they ain't never had somebody like Michael Thomas and I just think he could like he can he can do things in this offense that we, after a decade of watching Andrew, we don't we don't think it's possible because our mind can't even conceive it because we've seen people like Jimmy Graham and Colston be awesome. But I think Thomas's potential is 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 better than that. So t- so I'm give me you. give me give me a guy who just for this offense to to cook and be phenomenal. Who's the guy that has to be? just better than even we're hoping for if that's if that's the right way to put it that's got to be uh, alvin kamara uh, you know let, let's say he sprawls that's a game changer that is a game changer for this offense if defenses cannot account for him if if he is such a mismatch nightmare that defenses can't even stop them when they want to then it just it just changes everything because all of a sudden you try to focus on him but you can't and even trying to focus on him opens up the offense for all this other stuff so you know i'm tempted to say peterson because if peterson's peterson yeah ap <laughs> like you know the, his best quality then then that that's also you know obviously a game changer for this offense but i at 32 like I just I, I don't see it, man. I don't see him getting 20 carries a game. I don't see Sean Payton wanting to lean Do on it. him like that because he's going to burn out. You know, if if he commits to him that much, um, he'll be great for four games and then his season will be over. So I really think Payton is going to take a more holistic and hey, let's 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 have you around for the playoffs. You know, let's not burn you out. Let's give you eight to ten touches a yeah. game. So what you want is Kamara. What you want is Nick Underhill writing a column in like mid October of like uh do they need to give Pete do they need to give Peterson more carries cuz he's so fucking awesome. Yeah. That's the column you want even though it'd be a little controversy. But but here's the thing and here's my my final question cuz people say we're not optimistic enough and I want to get optimistic. We need it. It's been a shitty summer for the Saints. If Kumara is Sproles 
Am I crazy? If 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 Kumar is I mean, how amazing! Seriously, how awesome would that be? It would be awesome. But here's my question: If Kumar is Sproles 2011, does it even matter how shitty the defense is? Could the Saints with Kumara being Sproles and Michael Thomas being, let's say, 10% better than he was last year and Breeze being healthy, could they drag a shitty-ass defense to the playoffs like a bottom three defense? Absolutely. We've already seen it. Yeah. I I, I mean, and here's the thing. Sean Payton, you can knock him about defense. That dude knows offense and he believes in Kumara and I mean I think I think I think it I think it's the key and it's it's on it's it's kind of maybe unfair for the kid but we'll see did you see did you see James uh Laurinaitis's comment on NFL Network this week no yeah so he yeah I I wouldn't have been surprised to see him bash the Saints live on TV just because you know he he went on IR and uh, um, then he got cut and I, I mean, I would have assumed there was probably some bad blood just cause things didn't work out. Um, uh, but he, they were at, they asked him about the saints offense and he's like, look, Sean Payton's a genius. And he said, when I was in the film room, when I was in you know, and, you know, I was injured, I just had a chance to sit in meetings and kind of just soak it all in. And you know, he was like, I've never seen a coach like that. Like I've just never seen a guy that schemes, and understands mismatches. And he said, the main thing is he's just always one step ahead. And he was explaining how like he would use a certain formation and motion, a certain guy to give a look. And he was already thinking three weeks ahead. Like when we play Carolina, I'm going to do the same look. I know they're going to be looking at it on tape. I know they're going to be expecting this. And then I'm going to do something completely different. And I'm going to expose some guy that I know is going to be on the field in that game that I know I can burn. And so it's almost like he's setting up this formation and this disguised play three weeks ahead to expose one player on a specific team three weeks later. And he, he, he was just like, my mind was blown. (laughs) It, the saints, man, their offense is, is they go at a sneaky fast tempo and they formation you to death and they throw it all over the place. And Breeze says that all the time. And they really do. Like, they just formation teams to death and get the matchups they want. Uh, this podcast has been great for me, Andrew. I'm suddenly as optimistic as I've been all summer. And I hope people are as optimistic now about at least the offense being fun and perhaps better than last year, which would be great. So uh, that about wraps it up. Is there, is, do, you have any fi- do you have any final thoughts on the offense? Yeah, I mean, I think just uh, health at this point. You know, with Armstead and Unger, Unger being a question mark and Armstead pretty much out, um, it would just be great to get through camp uh, in preseason without devastating stuff. You know, and if they lose Who Man again or Hill, uh, you know, they can survive that. But, like, you know, if I had to put a hit list, you know, obviously Breeze, Ingram, uh, Kamara, um, Peterson, I'm not necessarily counting on, you know, but I would yeah. say th- those three and then Thomas and Sneed, like if we can just get, 
you know, the, the blessing of good luck on those guys, especially. Um, I'd say that's kind of the one thing to look for going into the season is God just please bless the Saints with some help. Amen. So for Andrew, uh, this is your bonus July cast. Uh, Till next time, the bar is closed. <laughs>